Welcome to the Dive into Reiki podcast. I'm Natalie, and together we will enjoy a series of conversations that explore the journey of Reiki practitioners and teachers from all lineages. 100% Reiki-focused stories, 100% human. Hi, and welcome to today's Dive into Reiki interview. Today I have a very, 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 very special guest, Ifetayo White, and she'll tell you what her beautiful name means uh, during the interview. Uh, but she's a Reiki master uh, and teacher who's the founder and director of the Low Country School of Reiki in San Helena Island, South Carolina. She's practiced and taught Reiki for more than 25 years, and she was attuned uh, again uh, to Reiki in 2020 by uh, Franz Steen of the International House of Reiki. This work and her training as a massage therapist and Jin Shindo acupressure practitioner and 10 years of experience working in mental health has created a container for her practice in somatic healing and traumatic memory stored in the body. For Ifetayo, Reiki is the foundation of everything she does in her life and is devoted to the daily practices of embodying her spiritual practice in daily life. Thank you so much, Ifetayo, for joining me. Like, I see you and I just smile, like, you know, so thank you so much for just giving me the time for this interview. And every time we come together, I have chills and tingles and excitement, Natalie. It's, thank you so much for inviting me. To me this too. No, yeah. yeah, it's going to be a love fest. <laughs> I'm sorry. So yes. I would love to start an interview the same way I start every interview. Is What was your first experience with Reiki? How did you come into Reiki and how did that journey begin? My first experience with Reiki was in 1980. Um, I would think four, around 1984. And I'm from Washington, D.C. And um, in the 80s, around that time, I was meeting the first Reiki, Reiki practitioners. Um, my first encounter with Reiki practitioners in D.C. And um, eventually, one of my best friends became Reiki one first. She eventually became a Reiki master, became my Reiki. But initially, um, around 84, she became Reiki. And at that time, I don't think anyone was charging for Reiki, at least my friends weren't. And so we were all lined up all the time waiting to receive <laughs> Reiki. And fortunately, Natalie, my friend, um, I owned a, two, uh, a duplex house and she rented the first floor. So it was always like nonstop Reiki and, and they had a lot of Reiki shares. So yeah, it, it became um, a go-to, a go-to for me for any discomforts or just, and even when practitioners wanted to practice, I was always with my hand up and felt, um, I, I can't, I, I try to remember what it was, what was I feeling? I know that I felt better. That's all I can think right now because it was quite a while ago. And I really, I personally was not at all thinking about becoming a practitioner or a teacher. I, I was just really interested in receiving. That, that's a beautiful, yeah. right? Most of us actually can receive. And yeah. And it was, <laughs> you know, it, it took many years for me of receiving before I became attuned because as I said, it was around 84 and I became a tune Reiki one and Reiki two in 90 and 94, 95 for my 50th birthday, the same friend who had become a Reiki master asked if she could gift me Reiki one and two. And at that time I was a massage therapist and reflexologist. And I was, I was devoted to those practices. And I really, I really did not feel a calling to Reiki and, um, 
you know, I loved the practice, but I felt as though I had good energy in my hands. Everyone said, you have good energy. And, and my friend was assuring me that I not had a tomb and, and there was some more for me to know and experience. And so I didn't initially say yes to her offer, but I said, let me meditate on it. I was a big meditator also at that time. I meditated a lot. And um, I said, so in my meditation, what I felt and received guidance was receive the gift. And that's all I heard. And that was, that's profoundly, <laughs> the gift has been the gift that has continued to give, <laughs> has continued to give always. So on my 50th birthday and the two months later, I became Reiki too. Um, and in 99, four years later, a student of my Reiki master um, who have become a Reiki master needed someone to practice with. She said, can I attune you as a Reiki master teacher? And I was like, sure. I hadn't planned to teach. I'm really, that was not <laughs> my plan. And so I tell so many of my students, Reiki has its way with you. Reiki called me more than I called it to me. So it was, the, it's divine. It's, and Reiki is my life now. And this has been years you know, years since. And um, such a beautiful story for me. A couple of things that really I highlight from this is first that you were able to receive first. I, a lot of Reiki practitioners, we want to give sessions where really the concept of receiving and being open, even as a teacher to receive is very complicated for many of yes. us. So, yes. And then the part that you said with it, do I want this? It's like if we receive it, right? The, the inner connection, the clarity that you had is beautiful. That, I, I don't know how to explain it, except that's how it was. <laughs> I don't quite know why. This my, my journey was that way, you know? And my friend um, who was my first Reiki master no longer practices. And it's just an interesting when you just think about how did this come to be? I was the first Reiki master in Beaufort, South Carolina when I moved to South Carolina in 2000. And that was interesting. And Buford, I live on St. Helena Island, but Buford, we live in Buford County. So I'm on an island off of the coast of Buford. And so it's still the same place, you know, uh, different, more rural, more, you know, <laughs> where I live. But, but as I said, Reiki has its way with us. It's divine. So we, you know, we can't control it, as you know, from practicing. So our lives our lives are influenced all, um, nonstop by Reiki and our practices. Informed is the word I want to say. A lot, my life is informed by Reiki, let me say that. And my teaching and my practicing. And the students, you learn just always learning from the students um, and from my beautiful Franz, who is my, my, my Reiki master teacher <laughs> of my heart and soul, yeah. Yeah, and that's an interesting thing, right? Because it happens to us that we learn Reiki, we connect with it very strongly, and it calls us. I remember I did the Reiki Master because I kept seeing Daikomnya, which I had seen on the magazine, show it up on my head. It's like, what is this, right? After yeah. years of being in Reiki too. But there are some books, there are some teachers who transform us and yes. change our understanding. And I wanted you to talk a little bit of that process and your case. Oh, I would love to. I, I'm so deeply grateful. <laughs> 
I shared some, oh, on Facebook recently, I had been a Reiki master. I had been teaching for 20 years before I met Franz. And I, prior to that, a year before I met him, one of my master's student, teacher students, had seen his book somewhere, The Heart of Reiki. And she said, oh, Ife Tayo, you have to have this book. And she bought it for me. And um, again, it was, I couldn't put it down. I've read it over and over. I have a copy. I wish I could show you right now. It's so dog-eared. It's so, I buy new <laughs> copies and give them away, Natalie, and I just keep my copy. But um, I that became my Bible in so many ways. I, I learned so much. I could feel something transforming in myself. And then I saw an announcement from the Omega Institute that Franz would be in New York in May 2020. And there was no doubt that I would not be there. So I did, I went there and I met him and we were chanting the precepts in Japanese. And I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> not that I'd had a question about that, but it was seemed impossible for me to learn Japanese and, and, and <laughs> chant precepts. But meeting Franz, um, and since that time, he came to my home in St. Helena, February of um, 2020. Uh, oh, I met Franz in 2019, May. He came and, and, and taught uh, uh, Reiki 3 Shimpenden um, Reiki level uh, at my home to 12 women. And in, South, in rural South Carolina, I couldn't believe he would come. He came, we had a wonderful time. And I have not been the same since then. I, my whole practice has transformed. I teach more Reiki masters now than ever. I, you know, I never, I didn't do it. it. Just, you know, my own personal practices, Reiki practice, daily practices, which I didn't, I had a few, you know, I gave myself Reiki every day. I said my precepts every day before meeting Franz. And now there's a whole lot more that I do every day. <laughs> and uh, um, so my life I am so grateful for him and the expansion of my life and my practice and the capacity to reach so many more beautiful beings and to, um, to share Reiki with them as I, I intend, as I intend, my practice is, has the intention of bringing and supporting beautiful beings back to their true selves and the knowing and living from that place of light within. And that's why I teach, really. And everything else is gravy once one becomes attuned. Oh, I, I love that shift is a very different shift from doing the traditional healing and well-being and honestly very inclined to physical improvement. Yes. What shifts yes. of a spiritual practice, right? From energy healing to spiritual practice that has an energy component to it. Absolutely. I've always been a very spiritual person and I'm, and I am a, I'm a deep seeker. I want, I'm seeking always. So when Franz came, it was like, wow, you know, <laughs> that connection just filled up everything that my heart had been asking for. And so, yes, Reiki is my spiritual practice and it is my healing practice and it is my love practice and everything. <laughs> no, I, and I love that, right? It's, it's a lot of things. It's, it's energy work, it's spiritual, it's meditation, and it's a more complete. And I think also that's why 
for example, you said a lot of people drop out of Reiki, but when it becomes more, it's difficult to let go, right? Because it, we also embody it in everyday life. Your name has a beautiful translation. And for me, your name, it's almost like the definition of Reiki. So I would love for you to share uh, the translation of your name and a little bit how you see the core Reiki practice. Well, my name is a spiritually given name from the Yoruba African tradition. Um, and it is now my legal name. I changed my name legally to Ife Tayo, Jacqueline White. And Jacqueline was my birth name, which is like equally beautiful. But Ife Tayo, given to me by a priest, a, a, a spiritual person who saw, my, saw me and said, you are Ife Tayo. I didn't choose the name. And the name means love that brings joy. And of course, with any name, we the, the request is to grow into that energy. And so since I was 49, I think is when uh, Ife Tayo became my name. So it's been many years of growing. <laughs> and Reiki has been a big part of that for me, growing into the light that I am and, and living and expressing that light, that love, that joy. That's who I am. And uh, I'm so grateful. Yeah. And you asked me to share about what I, now my memory, you have to remind me again. Because for me, like love that brings joy and the core of Reiki practice is very similar. Yes. We see Reiki practice sometimes, I'm like, I'm doing this, I'm balancing chakras. But it's, it is a joyful practice, right? Like spirituality is often seen as a little bit dry and serious. So for me, I love like love that brings joy. like. And the core, of, again, we see as the core of Reiki hands-on healing. Yes. But for me, your name is the core of Reiki practice. So I wanted to see. I love that. I love that you have, that you brought that together. And, and you have me to remember that in my 49th year, the year before I became Reiki, the name was calling to Reiki, I feel maybe, to bring, you know, all of the support that I needed to live out mm -hmm. this name destiny beautiful like for me yeah. like I'm like I was after we spoke on the interview I'm like but this is just the incarnation but it's almost like pointing towards how our practice should be right like I know we're obsessed with shadow work lately but it's like can we yes. let sometimes aside the shadow and just sit in the light and bring some joy into our life yes. Yes. So for me that was very beautiful and then you had something beautiful that you mentioned uh in the interview and and it comes a little bit about diversity, right? As you said, you're bringing Reiki to rural communities, to people who didn't have access to it. And a lot of time Reiki is honestly mostly for hipsters or like people who are into the new age movements in cities, right? Yeah. And so, but you said in Reiki practice, we're all oneness, you know, there is no race, no colors, but at the end we incarnate who we are so we can bring the access yes. to the practice to other people. So yes. I don't know if you can elaborate a little bit on that and how you're bringing Reiki practice Yes. Uh, different communities. Absolutely, I, I absolutely love that question. Also, and as I as I shared earlier, I am from Washington D.C. and I learned about Reiki in Washington D.C. in a city in an urban area. And um, and the the I attended the Unity Metaphysical Christian Church at that time for ten years, and that's where all these Reiki people were. <laughs> And um, I was also a transcendental meditator and there were Reiki people. All of this was sort of mixing up together. 
and the my church was um, multiracial, but our minister was African American, and so there were just a lot of African American people in that congregation who were very interested in New Age at that time, and in all of and in different. Um, most of us had left traditional religions and uh, found our way there and learned so, 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 so much. We were given so much. And so for me, th that's where I was nurtured. My Reiki, first Reiki master is an African-American woman. The first Reiki master in DC was African-American. Well, the first African-American woman Reiki master in DC is a friend of mine, Gwen Mitchell, who's now in California. So for me, it was always everybody did Reiki, every, you know, and a lot of people of color, a lot of people looked like me were practicing Reiki. So I, it never, I never thought so much about it. Um, we had our, a, our own community in a way of healers and spiritual people in DC who were African-Americans because we were just relating to one another. But as I moved forward and I was, um, I, when I began teaching, actually I was in Buford and um, after in 2000. And um, because Buford and South Carolina is actually a part of the Bible Belt, <laughs> the Bible Belt of the South, it was very interesting in 2000 that I was very low key about Reiki. I just didn't, there had been a lot of press around that time from, um, the Southern Baptist and from the Catholic Church about Reiki and it not being um, as sanctified as we know it to be, as, as sacred as we know it to be. There was just, so I didn't really speak much about being a Reiki teacher at that time, except I was practicing massage. So some of the massage therapists in town knew. So, and my first uh, student there in Buford South Carolina was a, um, a, a massage therapist who was from a family who has the biggest tomato business in um, in our county. They still do. They they just send out a lot of tomatoes everywhere. So uh, Sally was my first. And since that time, um, I've been blessed to because of how I look, Natalie. And we talked about that. I'm you know I am not attached to any of it. This is just the divine plan that was created before I got here that for me to serve in the way that I'm created this way to serve in the way that is the easiest path probably. So therefore I will attract to myself many people of color who are African-American, not, not at all um, only. I've, I've taught I can't, I've taught so many people, I can't even tell you, um, and of all races. And, um, but in rural, rural South Carolina, um, and people now are, are traveling to stay with me to learn. I've, it's more of that now than anything, I think since COVID. And I have an Airbnb, so I have room for people. Um, I've, I've taught Reiki um, for cakes for vegetables, you know, as, as an exchange um, when, when there is an openness from my community of anyone, then I want to be able to 
say, yes, you can be Reiki and whatever, however we can make that happen. Um, I worked in mental health with youth for 10 years. So um, there were um, teenagers that I worked with who I attuned, because, and particularly a couple of young women who were pregnant and who were going to have babies. And, it, and I was sharing Reiki with them and it just made sense that they would be, should become Reiki for their babies, for themselves, for their mental health, for their um, birthing experience. So yeah, I, uh, oneness is such a, a dear, it's, it's a vibration of my, me. Oneness is one of my highest vibrations and I'm grateful that I live and that from that place of love and non-duality and no separation and grateful to be able to serve those folks who look like me, who feel comfortable because as we know, at, and in our level of evolution and growth, we will tend to go to people who we feel comfortable with and who we feel uh, simpatico with. And so it's been a blessing for me that that has, and that I've been able to, um, as I shared earlier, my intention for teaching Reiki is to reawaken the truth of who we are inside of ourselves. So for me, if, you know, trauma healing begins inside and the more, and it's, if we are tuned Reiki and are carrying that Reiki energy in us, then the work has begun in healing whatever traumas, you know, we, we are aware of or have been influenced by. So it's just a beautiful gift of my life I, that I, I share. I am so grateful because for me, one of the things I see sometimes the communities, especially in the United States where the health system is really expensive, mm -hmm. are offering to communities who don't have, actually sometimes they can't afford Reiki teaching, offering them Reiki practice. It's, it's great spiritually, but also in terms of humans, right? Like if they have a headache or muscle pain, they cannot always afford a doctor giving them a healing practice that works at all levels, you know, it's just, it's almost like a human right and need, right? So yes. I, love yes. I love the cakes. I do too. And you were talking I, about grants as well, that you're working on getting some grants to, to spread that work. Yes, I'm really interested. And I've been researching and having other people research for me. I am particularly interested in grants where that will support myself and other Reiki masters in um, attuning women of color, um, particularly young women, to become Reiki. And there, because now there are a lot of, there are more grants out um, to address particular um, challenges in, in the Black community. Um, and, and, and because I am a doula, I don't know, did you say that? Did you know that, Natalie? I, I think I knew it, but I didn't mention because you have so many, like, you know, you were a Russian translator, a doula. Yeah. you have so many abilities that I was like, oh my God. <laughs> well, I'm very still, I don't practice, uh, it's a lot to be a doula. And I just sort of retired a couple of years ago from active doula work, but I, I support a lot of women in my community who are doulas and um, midwives and um, and we're all very familiar with um, the challenges of of death rates of women of color in in our country 
and particularly in our state, we're like one of the low, highest. So the to receive grants to work either from the doula side, the birthing side, or just from you know attuning women um, to become uh, Reiki practitioners, so that they can share with them with themselves first of all, with their families and with their community, and that's yeah, that's the reason why I'm. I'm really um, actively engaged in the researching funding. And you said yeah. something magical. Sometimes like, I'll just send Reiki to the world, right? Which is beautiful. We want to share that line. Oh, yeah. With everyone. Oh, yeah. But I think part of the practice should be very active, right? Like, like one thing is we sit, we find our center of light, but, you know, we can also be very active in promoting people's well-being, to practical things, right? Like again, having community Reiki, sharing with our friends, yes. it doesn't have to be all the way to grants, but it goes beyond our massage table. It goes beyond our meditation caution. So I, I love the fact that, you know, spirit, well, like there is this activity in the real world. It's not just, you know, but you also do a very, a ritual that I love because Reiki can be translated as ancestral energy, right? So again, we're born in the body and the history we have with the ancestors we have to carry that healing. So you do a ritual that really moved me very much. And I would love for you to share it with people if you feel comfortable. Um, and I'm trying to remember which ritual you The one that you go to the beach every day and meditate. Oh, yeah, I do. Because <laughs> I have so many practices. I'm, okay, so. But then I got like, oh, this is so beautiful and so simple, right? Yeah, that is. The, and and um. And a lot of folks see my photos on um, Facebook from the beach. And most, a lot of times I don't take photos, which people don't realize because I'm at the beach and I, and I have to get inspired. It has to be something that says, you need to take this. So, but I do daily, um, it's, as daily as I can, I go to the ocean, which is um, seven miles from my house. And one of what I had and meditation came to me when I, oh, I don't know, soon after I moved to Buford, I'm, that one of my purposes for being here is to go to the ocean and to send Reiki to the, the Atlantic Ocean, to the, the path of the slave trade from um, Western Africa and other parts of Africa to particularly South Carolina, which was the hub of, of the slave trade in um, America. And so every day as that is my practice still um, that uh, I'm, I do send Reiki to, to that passage and to all the souls, including those, those folks who own the boats and everybody who was involved. I send my love, my healing energy, uh, my Reiki energy and um, and, and that's my contribution, <laughs> you know, um, and it's a calling. It's, I, it's a calling. I, I don't have any other words to say it. Um, no, but it, it's beautiful. Yeah. Like when I was in Japan, the priest always told me, you don't sit just for yourself. You sit with all your ancestors, right? So again, we're born in the person, in my case, there is probably a lot of World War II trauma, right? Like my whole family yes. was in the middle of it, lots of concentration camps and stuff and weird yes. things happening. So yes. that, again, is the energy of my ancestors. So it's, it's very part of Reiki tradition as well, ancestral energy. So I find it very beautiful. 
that we clear that energy that we carry from hundreds of years or thousands. Of and to me, Natalie, it's not hard. I, you know, it's not difficult, particularly if you carry Reiki, if you are, if, if you are tuned Reiki, it's just another way of extending love, the love, healing, love is healing and, um, and connect with our hearts to, to an, another energy, which is what trauma is. It all is energy. So we, um, simply um, extend and expand the love and the Reiki from ourselves to bless whatever situations need to be blessed. So um, I'm grateful. I'm just so grateful to be. And when you spoke, I want to go back a little bit to when you were talking about activism. And I know Franz is on this call, but to me, he is a major activist. Uh, you know, in his way, he's so the inspiration. You are also in your way, those of us who are out there, <laughs> whatever way that we are um, in, in our way of sharing this practice, sharing Reiki um, is activism to me. I'm a child of the 60s and 70s. I was an activist um, in civil rights. I was marching, I was had big Afro, I had all. So that's my core, <laughs> you know. <laughs> big part of my spirit. So this is a gift to be able to be Reiki and to be an activist for love and oneness in the world, um, in our way. It's so beautiful. Thank you, Franz. Yeah, he, he's saying that he loves you and he loves our smiles right now. I may bring him back after I give you your drawing to say hi. Uh, but <laughs> something beautiful. So I, I've always been very and I shouldn't worry because it's against the preset. But one thing that concerns me is sometimes uh, we train people for eight hours or sometimes we don't even train them. We have two of them to Reiki one and we give them a manual and yeah. then they go into trauma healing. And one of my yes. concerns is, again, I'm not trained as a therapist. I, I'm a writer, right? So, so when I, I've had classes where people really get like flashbacks. So I'm really, I tell my students like, you know, don't go healing trauma, but you said something very beautiful that the end, at the end trauma is fear that is frozen. And by placing a worm's hands, we help uh, to soften it, right? So I would love for you to like, if I were a practitioner, a Reiki one, starting my Reiki journey and I want to work with trauma, what advice would you give someone who's just starting their journey? Oh, well, <laughs> I know, so I'm a, you know, I'm a simplest, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if that's a word. I just made it up. I'm all about simplicity and what is the simplest, what is simple? And to me, energy is simple. Energy is basic. And um, any, and as I speak with my students or clients, I always bring it back to the basic and, and we're working with energy. And in this case, we're working with energy that has, has become frozen or stuck because of whatever the situation is at that time, there was fear that happened that could not be metabolized or could not be released. And Reiki itself, um, we don't have to program it to, to, to address this or address that or address this or address that. I might speak out um, in public about addressing trauma, but I will, I will work in the same way with um, someone who comes just, and I, I don't know what, with whatever they present. 
I will speak to them in words that they and giving back to them the same words they gave me so that we will be in a oneness and communication. But my practice is going to be the same. <laughs> and because I've had mental health background, worked in mental health, worked with women's health, then there's certain, and as, as a massage therapist, there are some layers of knowledge I have about the body and about emotions and about energy and how it shows up in us. I do have that, but if you are a beginner, you don't need to have that. You you want to just be in yourself and be present with whom you're with and be in compassion with what they bring you and share Reiki and feel. You feel we feel, we can feel when there is a softening. We can feel when there's not a softening. We can feel when energy has begun to move. We can be aware of energy that's not moving. We can, st we can comfortably stay in that place, Natalie, and know that we are addressing whatever is being asked to be addressed without worry. And if we're interested in trauma, then there are books that we can read about. There are beautiful works out now um, um, that talk about trauma in ways that um, the, everyone can understand. So we can inform ourselves that way, but it's not necessary to, I don't believe. My belief is that we're Reiki and we show up with Reiki. And if Reiki has its own intelligence and it will do what it is here to do. I love what you say. For me, like it's also a big lesson, but also it's at the end, it's a state of mind, right? You said you go and you just place your hands, right? Because a lot of us as practitioners, we think I have to do something. I need to check what chakra is on balance to release and I need to release the trauma, right? Like then we go, that is the part, like then we become almost like therapists, which we're not. Exactly. Just, as you say, just being from a place of compassion and being present and just yes. placing the hands. And I think that is probably, as you say, simplest. We have the new work. Yes, right? simplest. Simplest, <laughs> like it, because it, it is simple, right? But we make it complicated because we're afraid that it's never enough, that just placing our yes. hands is not enough. That's a beautiful, that has been a beautiful challenge for, um, I believe, for Reiki practitioners and teachers throughout my um, experience with Reiki because of the simplicity and because we don't have to know a lot, then we really mm, often are feeling that we are not doing enough. We're not giving enough and we're not contributing enough and, um, and nothing could be farther from the truth. Reiki is so profound and um, uh, strong and powerful. We are contributing and we don't have to know, we don't have to know what I've done, what, what has happened, or we, we know we are one with our true selves as we, um, as we sit with a person or stand um, and we surrender um, in all that we are into that present moment in time and share from our hearts and our hands and, and no, <laughs> just as we practice, as we have a, as we um, continue and grow our own personal practices, Natalie, we will know, 
we and without a doubt, without having to have a feedback, we will know that we're enough, we have given enough, and it's all good. That is so beautiful. And, and as you say, one of my challenges with my students tell them, like, keep on practicing because one day it switches and you know it's enough. But yes. it doesn't take a week, it doesn't take two weeks. No. <laughs> Sometimes for some people, it comes very fast. For some people, it took me eight to 10 years to get there, right? But I was very stubborn. I'm a stubborn person. I'm a Scorpio. I kept on going on it. Yes. I let it aside. Like, okay, let the fears drop. But what you said, I think, is it's for everyone who's struggling with their practice, you know, adding things. And I just think it's such a beautiful message. So thank you so much. And now I'm going to ask you another question that I ask everybody. I always start with the same and end with the same because I myself learned a lot from my Reiki mistakes. And I believe in a way there are no mistakes because that's the way we learn and I encourage people to just explore. But I would like, if it comes to mind, like a big oops, like, oh, wow, I've been doing this and I have to shift it or like a big learning that came from doing something that people may label as a mistake, even though that's the way we learn, I would love for you to share it. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, okay. Mm. Before my, my knowing for real that there's no mistakes, then I do believe that I, I was of the consciousness um, early on in my practice of, of um, not enough, not enough. As a massage therapist, there are, you know, that's just a whole different practice. And it's, it can be very physical. It, it, um, it, we are moving and going deep and, you know, touching and shaking and whatever. And then you come to share Reiki. Someone says, well, I just want a Reiki session. And it takes like, okay. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And but in the beginning, it's like, okay, so how am I going to make sure this person feels that they have received it, it was a very, it, 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 that was a part of my consciousness. I wanted to make sure they, they felt that they received something from me just as they felt when I gave them a massage. So it took a while, it, it, quite a while, <laughs> I'm sure quite a while um, for me to continue to come more, come in, come in, come in, come in. Um, to get out of my head and to accept that I am, I am one with Reiki. I be, I sh am sharing Reiki and I don't have to do Reiki. I don't have to force Reiki. I don't have to expect um, a certain outcome of experience from the person I shared with. So yeah, that took a while. And um and I can't, I can't, I can't say to you when it shifted, but as with, I'm great with a practice. If I have a practice that really supports me. So if I can, if I'm aware of something and I continue to practice as I'm, I'm feeling that for that particular challenge, my practice was to continue to come in a fatale, continue to be present and to sit as opposed to giving and doing. I'm a big giver. Another thing, I'm a big giver. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the giving doesn't have to 
that's another part of my learning was the overboard giving, overboard of giving, you know, um, in, in a lot of ways in my Reiki practice. Uh, so, you know, even giving more time that was necessary, giving more just because I wanted that person, those people to have a certain experience. So again, it's another practice. And, and since meeting Franz and since really growing in my own daily practices um, of sitting, of being um, present, of being still, of the breath work, um, all of that in, those, in the last two years has shifted almost all of what I said to, I mean, it has, all of what I've said to you has just shifted enormously. So, so I, I'm, going to use, I'm going to say practice, personal practice, personal practice of, be, of being Reiki, being Reiki, being Reiki, and all of these other pieces will not be necessary, will not even be a part of our consciousness or thoughts. Right. Even. I think yeah. honestly, this is the best advice because I probably 95 to 99% of people struggle exactly with that, right? Like one thing, yeah. especially when you start professionally and charging. Yes, yes. I love that advice. For me, it was the same. The only way I could deal with it is like, if I do my homework every day and I go to the session, having done my practice and from the right state of mind, I then I felt like I had to do my homework in order to be able to let go. Now it's it's more natural after years. But yes. the way I found is like, okay, I can only control what I can control, which is my self-practice. And as long as I do my self-practice and I go from a state of mind of like love and compassion, I'm fine. Exactly. <laughs> and I, that's exactly, per those of us who practice, we get exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And one of the things that has also shifted with me since meeting Franz um, and and studying with him and meditating with him and all of reading, reading always his work every day. Um, the a, a practice of oneness, of no separation. Before I knew that, I heard that it was good. I gotcha. But since in the last two years and being with COVID that whole year really has shifted for me. The practice of there is only one of us here. There is no separation. There's no distance. There's no time. There is no separation. And so this has informed my practice with people who are in person so much greater. And those particularly distance healing, which I never did much of before because there were so many people in my world and life that I shared Reiki with in person. But because of the pandemic, the distance healing requests grew. And um, I, my love of distance healing now has just expanded and the capacity to practice no distance, no separation, no time has been just, um, has given me so much joy, has given me so much joy. And, um, and everyone has shared with me that, that I have needed that feedback, but, the um, experience of the receiver has been profound. Um, it's coming from that place, from me, for me sitting in, um, in that place of no distance, no separation, no time. 
and um, and in my own daily practice, strengthening and supporting that. I, I'm in love with that. I'm in love with oneness. <laughs> I just love because, you know, what I love about Reiki practice and I see it in you is like, you've been practicing, receiving and practicing for a lot of time, right? Over two decades and and you still finding new depths and new joy into it. And, and this for me is like, it's also like an inspiration for everyone. It's like, don't think you're gonna get everything the first year. It keeps getting richer if you just open your heart and your mind to it, right? And I love your spark and your happiness about it. I just love it. You know, as, as, as um, I'm sitting in this space with you, as you are um, inspiring these responses, I'm just realizing that I was a practicing doula and a massage and a Reiki um, master teacher practitioner, Reiki practitioner, and massage therapist. Before I stopped massage, I was doing all of that at one time. Um, and so, depending on how many births I had a month, would determine how many clients I could take for Reiki or anything. Now it's all Reiki. It's all Reiki. I do nothing else. Except I, t- um, um, folks invite me to to present on some larger platforms, but it, Reiki is underneath it all. You know, I might be t- talking about some healing or talking about birthing, but for me, it's Reiki under all of it. But that's I love now this shift since France <laughs> and since 2000, 2019. It's nothing but Reiki for me now. I'm teaching all the time, nonstop. And I am, uh, I share Reiki, not as much, but somewhat with, with folks in person and a lot um, at distance. Uh, I do mentoring people who call and they want to talk, but mostly it has to do with, well, it always has to do with their growth and transformation. Um, but I, I usually combine the hour with some distance healing Reiki too. I don't just, you know, we're not just going to spend that time talking, but I am thrilled. And you really, as you spoke, Natalie, that just dawned on me that this is all I'm doing. Greg is all I'm doing now. And and so my whole life has shifted what I do. And I am writing a book on Reiki. And one day that will be complete in my own personal, you know, offering to the world. Um, and I'm different. the first one buying it. I already told you, I'm already, as soon as you put the pre-sale, let me know and I'm hitting buy. So I can't wait to read that book. If France is comfortable, since you two love each other so much, uh, if you're comfortable, I would love to bring him in. Um, yeah, he said yes, of course. <laughs> I'm changing to gallery because I want to see all of you. So France- What time, like, of, day? What time of day is this for France? I don't know. I lose track of time like that. I don't know. There he is. Hi, friends. So I'll let you say hello Hi. to Bobby. Hi, friends. What a wonderful interview. Thank you so much. It's just I great. love you so much. Yeah. Well, you know, if Ataya would, you know, I was actually saying today to someone, um, it's beautiful weather here. And uh, I, I went at 11 o'clock outside to sit uh, outside on the canal here at a cafe on a little terrace. And I've been sitting there for six hours. Enjoying <laughs> Enjoying the boat, drinking coffee, having lunch. And I, I was uh, thinking about, you know, for me, you really are my role, role model. Um, you know, I, I'll be 55 this year. And I think, wow, you know, at your age that you're still teaching, you still are in this, you know, when I stayed at your place, you're still in this uh, 
the zest of life, you still enjoy life so much, you know, the beauty of life, the playfulness of life, the laughter of life. You, you still have so much joy and passion for life and not just for the system of Reiki, but for life itself. Yeah. That for me is the system of Reiki is really, uh, we, as you were discussing, is not, we don't need to add anything to it. We don't need to invent a new system. We need to actually realize that simplicity and then in that simplicity, that beauty of life can really be tasted and felt. And then I was sitting at this cafe, right? <clears throat> and this little bug entered my throat and I, <coughs> I was coughing. And, and so now with Corona, everybody's kind of, so I go, oh, excuse me. I don't have <laughs> and there was this older woman sitting next to me, um, and, and she said, you're okay. I said, yeah, I'm fine. And she said, I, I tapped you on your back. And she was tapping me a few times on the back. And, and it was just such a nice communication. And I thought, well, that for me is Reiki, you know, that, that communication with the zest of life, with the joyfulness, with the playfulness, with the openness. That for me ultimately is sharing Reiki, being in that space together of compassion and love. Absolutely, totally. I love it. And I agree so much with you. I Yes, that is Reiki. And that's what we love life. I love having fun. We just, he laughs all the time. We just laugh and playful. <laughs> and that's for me, life. That is life. And that is Reiki. That is the energy of healing, love, and joy. To see yeah. you both smile, like, makes me happy. And now I have a new goal. I want to, like, train with both of you together in the same <laughs> We do a class one day. I don't know if we can survive that, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I think it will be incredible. Uh, if I tell you, is there something that I may have missed that uh, you want to touch base or add? Uh, because you've given me so much beautiful wisdom, but I don't want to miss anything in case. I don't. Um, I really don't. I... I can't think of a thing. I will share, um, you know, we're, we're, we're starting another 21 days tomorrow with Franz, the meditation and meditating. I don't know why I have to just share that the, if for Reiki practitioners to find a practice of meditation that is just, I hate to use the word crucial. It is so um, necessary for our support, to support ourselves and our own health as we practice, as we teach. And um, so really that would be the last word, meditate. <laughs> Breathe, meditate, hara. It's just, right. those, those it's, are the magic words. <laughs> it's the best tip, right? Because we see meditation in many lineage meditation and Reiki, but they're one, right? Like they should be one. Like there are a lot of Reiki meditation. So I'm really glad I asked you that last question because it's the best advice and not the one that we hear a lot, right? So thank you. And I'll be sharing all the links to your webpage and all the things you're doing. Uh, so people will find them in the podcast notes. Um, you're also on Facebook, right? You're also on Instagram. You're everywhere. I'm not on Instagram so much, but you know, yeah. But I have an account. Or, yeah, yeah, I just thank you for like pre-interviews. So, but I'll share all that information so folks can join you and reach out to you in case they want to train, mentor, like, or just have a big, beautiful, loving time. Yeah. That would I be love great. fun. I love to have fun. I love <laughs> enjoyment. So, <And> yes. <laughs> for me,
me, honestly, like we've joined the interview 10 minutes before and, you know, I'm really, I just so grateful for sharing my time and getting to meet you through this interview. And I'm glad everybody can get a little bit of that love that we represent. So thank you so much for saying yes and, and stay in touch. I'm going to miss you now. <laughs> and Fran, thank you so much for jumping. Uh, you yes, thank the you. The first 10 minutes of the interview where you were basically was a lot about you. So I'll send you the link so you can see it. And is there anything you want to add since you jumped on the interview? <laughs> no, I, I need to agree with you, Patayo. You know, meditation, essential, really, for that practice. And, you know, be light in your practice, be light in life. And this is what Patayo is teaching me. You know, for me, is, is you're just such a beautiful person to be around with. And, you know, I could snuggle up with you. I mean, you know, you're just like... I know, we have... <laughs> Yeah, that's my energy. This is, this is so beautiful, you know, that just humanness, you know, for me, the system of Reiki, life, humanness is so important. And then it doesn't matter what color we are, what age we are, what sex we are, what whatever we are, because ultimately that great bright light is neither female nor male, is neither black or white, is neither this nor that, it's just love and compassion. And when I'm with Tifatayo, that is really what I feel. And this is why I think we really get on so well because we both feel that we look beyond these layers and we can feel that, that uh, essential luminosity of playfulness and compassion. And uh, she's really teaching me that. So yeah, thank you. You're twin souls. I am so grateful to have both of you in my life. You have no idea. Uh, again, you know, joyfulness for me is core of the practice and I just, I just love sharing time with you both. So thank you, Ifedayo, you. for giving me the time. Thank you, Franz, for being dressed and jumping. Yes. On the <laughs> and we're everybody who's watching this, thank you so much for the podcast. Uh, it's grown a lot. So I people are sharing it. So I'm really, really grateful. And their interviews are reaching almost a thousand people. So please keep on sharing it because I do believe that the more we hear these interviews, we read and we practice, the richer our practice becomes. And also, and this is a shameful, like shameless ask for help. If you can rate it on the Apple podcast, put five stars if you like it, of course, if you yes. like it. <laughs> it helps the algorithm just reach more Reiki practitioners. A lot of us don't have access to train with a Italian person or with friends. We may live in cities where there is not a lot of Reiki masters. So this is a way to help them and support them in their practice. Again, this is a totally nonprofit podcast. I just want to share these beautiful stories. So if you have time and go on Apple podcast and put a few stars, uh, if you hate it, do not rate it bad. <laughs> Thank you so much. And as usual, you can reach me at Dive Into Reiki and I'll put all the information for Ifetayo and also friends on the podcast notes. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful Sunday. Bye, you both beautiful people. Bye. Love you both. Love you. Thank you for listening to the Dive Into Reiki podcast. You can read a full transcript of today's interview at diveintoreiki.com slash blog. If you found this episode helpful, please hit the subscribe button, leave me a review, or just share it with your friends. It makes all the difference. Thank you. Gracias. Merci.